Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Rise Together family, welcome to another episode. Man, am I excited today to introduce you to one of the most incredible people that I've been lucky enough to become friends with in this last year. His name is Andy Dooley. Andy is committed to empowering today's families as a passionate leader, a pastor, a fitness professional, and he has been working with young people and families for almost two decades through sports, fitness, and ministry. He's a men's health contributor. He holds multiple fitness certifications with the International Sports Science Association. He's the author of Walk in Faith, a five-minute devotional for teen guys, and has a brand new book coming out that we're going to be talking about today called Building a Family of Faith. It just came out on Tuesday. Ooh. Uh, he's happily married to his wife, Tiffany. They got four great kids. They live in Seattle, Washington, where, among other things, he also works with the Seattle Seahawks. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Andy Dooley to the Rise Together podcast. Hello, brother. Welcome to Rise Together. My name's Dave Hollis. I'm the host of this show where we're going to hopefully have you feeling a little more normal in this, the human experience, maybe see yourself even in some of the stories that are told or have your appreciation of what it means to be human expanded by someone who's come on as a guest who's had a different life experience. In all of it, we are trying our best in community to learn from each other, to grow, and maybe even have a little bit more compassion for what it's like to walk in each other's shoes. When we do, we all rise together. What an intro, bro. Wow. Thank you. I uh, bring the road. <laughs> man, it's like there are, there are times in life where you are lucky enough to have somebody come into your life that you're like, you know what? We're going to be friends for a long time. And mm -hmm. this is the kind of guy that I want to be around because of the way every time I am either in conversation with him, in a room with him, he leaves me feeling fuller. He leaves the people that he is around feeling more lifted up and more enlightened. And um, I just appreciate you so much. I know I attempted to give just a little bit of a bio there at the beginning, but 
For those listeners who maybe have not yet themselves been lucky enough to get to know Andy Dooley, would you, in your own words, give just a little bit of your background, a little bit of your story, how you find yourself where you do, and uh, maybe even more, why you think you are here on this planet? Wow. Awesome. Well, listeners, my name is Andy Dooley. As Dave has said, I am honored just to be a part of this. I'm honored that he brought me onto the podcast. And it's an exciting, it's an exciting time. I grew up in a family where my father was in the military and my mom and dad were both pastors. So I'm a PK. And if you don't know what a PK is, it's just a little acronym for preacher's kid. And sometimes we don't get the best rap, you know, like a lot of people immediately start judging us saying those preacher kids are bad. They're horrible. But I can honestly say we weren't that. We weren't saints, though. I'll say that right now. <laughs> we were definitely not saints. But I grew up in a home where my father uh, taught us discipline. My mom and dad made discipline in a weird way fun, made the Bible fun, made hanging out with the family fun. And it's always stuck with me. We had a close-knit family growing up. And it was exciting. It was one of those times where I was very excited just to spend time with my family. I couldn't wait for Fridays because we did TGIF where we watch all the TV shows. <laughs> I think Urkel was in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but we would, I just associate those times uh, with fun, unity, pizza, snacks, and just growing bonding times. And I come from that type of family where they opened up the, they made it safe for us to be able to speak to them. So as I grew up, I never felt like I couldn't talk to my parents. And I think it was because of the foundation they set. I ended up, I played sports in high school. I went to college, I played football and basketball. And then from that point on, well, I guess I'll say this. The Lord called me out of trying to pursue the NFL very vividly, which may be another whole conversation in itself. <laughs> but I'll tell you this much. Obedience is a huge thing. When you hear God and he's telling you something, make sure you obey, you know? And so went to college. After college, uh, was a journeyman. Worked for Verizon, Apple, all kinds of stuff. Became a fitness coach and really uh, took took off with that because I had an opportunity to be able to help people in a way that you just can't do on a regular basis. And I'm sure you understand that much more now, Dave, how impactful it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's how I ended up actually being connected to Dave with Heidi uh, becoming a face of Reebok and things have just evolved. And in 2020, I saw a lot happen and that's where this book came from, which we'll talk more about. So you were a pastor's kid, but also someone who was growing up inside of the military family yes, dynamic mm -hmm. was moving a big part of what being inside the military was for you. Or did you guys uh, have a station that didn't have a, as much transition? Oh no, 100%. I was born in Hawaii. I was there for three years. And from that point on, we moved almost every year. I mean, 
I went to a different elementary almost every year. I think I stayed at an elementary for two years, one of them. And then we just moved, moved and moved. It wasn't until I got to middle school is that's when I, you know, found some like grounding. And then we were going to move again my freshman year in high school. But my dad said, you know what, let's try to keep the kids here so that they can actually have some foundation and friends, maybe. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, I ask because I wonder if some of the way that you've approached your life, the, the way that you have such a focus on family, maybe even some of the way that your parents created what they did was a byproduct of trying to create some something in consistency in a world that was, you know, really founded on constants of change. I mean, you uh. just always had things that were going to be different. And if they could be that thing that they could, you know, that, that you could depend on, that your siblings could depend on. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I know you reference it, you know, so much happened in the midst of pandemic in 2020 that just completely interrupted the way that people thought about life, did life, and it forced a lot of us to really reconsider what it means to connect, to, you know, think differently about faith, the importance of leaning on the people that we care about the most. But uh, in, a, in a weird way, I, you know, I think some of your story and the foundation of it having had this transitory, always moving piece is probably part of what foundationally created what exists. Yes, you're correct. Uh, the fact that we moved, as long as we had our family unit, we were good. And to be honest, I think that helped me be that much more of a people person. I actually was excited going to some <laughs> somewhere new being the new kid coming in, building up new friendships and connecting with people. The only thing was, I do remember thinking was, man, I wish I had a best friend from my kindergarten. You know, yeah. I would hear the kids as each year went, like, yeah, this is our friend, this is my friend from kindergarten. And I never had that. However, I can honestly say, I can go into any area, any place, connect with people. And that ranges from, going back to lower income areas to walking in and speaking to the president. I have no problem because thankfully being in transit like that, it helped me learn and adapt to all types of yep. communities. Yep. <laughs> so I know for me, you know, I'm on this pursuit. Hey, I want to try and find this place where there's an intersection between my strengths, my personal passions, and the opportunity to pair them in service of others. And I'm going to assume, but I want you to confirm that your journey into personal training and ultimately the ascension to becoming the face of Reebok as one of the you know most now acclaimed or recognized trainers in the country is that intersection for you of this, hey, I've got this set of skills. It really lights me up. And oh, by the way, I get to direct it into the service of others. Was that, was that the case for you? Is that the case for you? 100%. Yes. I just love people. I love people genuinely. I have a huge heart and I feel like my discernment's pretty strong in a sense of like, when I come in contact with people, I can feel their type of energy. I can feel who they are. And I, I hurt for people. I can feel their pain. I can see their pain, even when they are trying to hide it. And being able to service people through fitness through my social media, when I come in contact with them, through what I get to do, through my book, it brings me joy. And I really do feel like God created me that way. I wasn't just, it didn't just happen that way. Yeah. 
So talk about the Reebok and what it meant, how it changed the way you thought of who you are and how it created something of a platform to jump off of. Wow. Yeah. That that whole process was I get I guess it showed me how much of a competitor I am and <laughs> it also showed how much that I was willing to just leave it in God's hands cuz there's so much you can do. But at the end of the day, the rest is in God's hands. And, you know, going through that whole process, it was competitive. I mean, there was one point where it was two weeks of voting. And this is in, people are voting worldwide. I can't control who's voting where and for who. The only thing I could do is do my part. And I mean, for two weeks straight, I was probably getting rest maybe three to four hours because <laughs> I was like reaching out to friends who are on the East Coast. I had some friends in Brazil. I had some friends in Asia. I mean, like it was insane. But the competitiveness in me was I'm going to do whatever I can in my power to give my best foot forward. I'm not worrying about my competitors because at the end of the day, I got to be the best version of myself. And if the best version of myself gets me to the place to win, that's what matters. Because then I know, Lord, open that door. I'm walking through it. Yeah. And, and so going through that process and then eventually winning, it opened up doors to amazing connections. The fact that we are having this conversation now is directly connected to that. Yeah. You know, and this is just a beautiful thing when you are one of the biggest prayers I ask every single morning when I get up, I ask God, Lord, order my steps, mm. you know, order That's my good. steps so that I can make sure that I am in his perfect will and I'm not taking any missteps. So I truly believe I'm literally just in God's. It's so, I mean, it's crazy because I'm coming off of this weekend experience, which I'm going to do a separate podcast all about, but this fitness competition for me was such a learning experience. I had no concept of what I was getting into. Right. I, at a certain point had to have that same kind of, uh, I need to appreciate that I've done everything I can do. And this yeah. isn't about placing. It's about the pride for knowing that I have given everything I can to get to a place where I'm going to walk out on this stage, not what's going to happen once I'm there. I think I got last place, which okay. I am, you know, it, as it turns out, is a really fantastic learning. As much as I'm super happy that you won, I think that there's also a season for not winning because yes. Yes. there was something so good for me to see that me having given my very best and worked harder, honestly, than I think I have at something in such a long time to only find myself, you know, not up to the standard of other people who've been working at that same level, but for years longer mm -hmm. than I had, was mm -hmm. just this reminder of like, hey, it's okay to not be good at the beginning or not be as good when you're early on in the journey. Um, it's something I'm sure that you see with your clients all the time as they are beginning yeah. their fitness journey that they have to, like I had to keep themselves from comparing where they're at with where another of your clients are, where you are. How do you handle someone who early on in the journey is hard on themselves for maybe not being where they want to be yet, instead of just appreciating that they have to kind of really own 
that they're right where they're supposed to be and, and, you know, to do what they can with what they got. Yeah. I want to tell, I want to tell people comparison breeds doubt, which would delay your purpose. There was a Olympic race. Uh, I think it was Michael Phelps and he was, I'm sure there's a famous picture out there. The other guy in his lane was so worried about Michael Phelps. And as he was swimming, you there's a picture that's caught of him looking over at Michael Phelps. When you are running or you're swimming, if you're looking left or right, what happens? You kind of drift to the direction that you're looking. So when you're focused on someone else or looking at someone else, you're taking away your direct path of where you're supposed to be going. And you're created uniquely and you have a unique path. God has already written your book. He is the author of your book. And someone may be in chapter eight and you may be in chapter three right now, comparing your book to their book, your life to their life. That is unfair to you. You yeah. shouldn't try to do that. And it's tough. It's so much easier said than done. But I would plead don't compare yourself to anyone else because you have such a unique gift mix that God has only put in you and he wants you to be used for his purpose and he wants to come alongside you so once you gather that and look at that look at yourself in a mirror and say hey okay this is what God's given me and I'm going to work and find a way to maximize who I am and what I'm supposed to do. And just start one day at a time, 1% each day, get better and grow, stay consistent and head on that path and just be shocked, blown away how God's going to be able to use you in ways that you have no recollection that would have ever happened. Oh, so good. Totally agree. It's a thing I have to remind myself of all the stinking time. I wish it was, mm -hmm. like you say, easier than it uh, than it sounds. It's it's just it is. It's work. You got to keep on bringing yourself back to focusing on what is for you and not necessarily what is for, for anyone else or someone else. I know that you have these three pillars. I yeah. love the pillars that you you know kind of organize your life and your work around. I, I'm curious, kind of where they came from. Does it feel like something that was more or less ordained or is it something that just has kind of cultivated over time? And how do they have application both in and out of your personal and your business life? Yeah, I think. Well, let's first, what are the three pillars? <laughs> my three pillars are faith, family, and fitness. Faith, family, and fitness. Yes. And how did I arrive there? There was one day I was sitting, I told my wife, I'm like, babe, I feel like I am good at this, 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 and this but I just feel like I'm all over the place. And I, I don't want to be that person that is, you know, good at this, okay here, pretty good at this, but then not great at anything, anything. And so I had to sit down and be like, Lord, okay, this time I'm spending this with you. I'm going to write down all the pros of everything I enjoy, everything I like that I would do regardless. And then I wrote, cons of things I don't like. After doing that, I was able to find, okay, faith is huge in my life. Number one, I'm a family man and I love fitness, faith, family, fitness. And then I also threw on their fashion, but then I realized I embody that. So I don't need to, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't need to 
coin that or add that in there. It just started getting fun with the Faith Family Fitness. And then I was trying to find the F word for technology because I love tech. But then it was just like, no, just stick with the main. Yep. Just stick with the main. And then I just realized over time, <clears throat> I it was embedded in me. And it was a seed in me from when I was growing up. My yep. father was a family man, big family man. That was one of the things that him coming out of the projects, he just wanted to have a great family and be the father his father wasn't to him. And my dad was amazing. And then my dad was a pastor. Faith is huge in our family. And then my dad was huge in fitness. He was a martial artist. He played football, basketball. He held a swimming record in Ohio for I don't know how long. He was in the military. I used to watch him leave on the weekends because he had drill and training. We would, I would go running with my dad. So all of that ended up me looking down the road. I'm like, wow, this was in me prior. It's just now that when you sit down sometimes, sometimes you just need to sit down and think. Yeah. You just have to be a thinker. You have to sit down and think. And next thing you know, you'll realize how much is there when you just take a minute to pause, relax, think, and then find what God has put in you. And that's how I came to faith, family, and fitness. We talk about your dad. I know he recently passed. And I think, yeah. you know, since I've known you for sure, so much of what I've witnessed in how you try to serve others, in the work of this new book, in everything that you do, in some ways, it acts as a tribute to who he was and the way uh -huh. that he influenced you. Talk a little bit about what it's been like to, if you're okay with it, but to experience you know, this person who meant so much to you in life transitioning on to heaven and, and how the work that you do now acts as that tribute for who he was and, and how he impacted your life. Yeah, it's, it's a surreal feeling because when I got the book deal, when I, when I had the conversation with the publishers and my literary agent, it was exciting, right? Then I found out my dad was put in the hospital. He had to go to the hospital because he got COVID. So then I'm like, okay, I'll just wait to tell my parents, you know? And then they said, he has to go on a ventilator. And I was like, oh my goodness. And then from that, it was days. And then it turned into 31 days. And then my mom's like, hey, it's getting serious. My Your dad signed a living will saying that he didn't want to trach. And then my mom had the ultimate say at the end, you know, if they're going to try the trach. And my dad was dealing with a lot of health issues leading up to it. But my mom wanted to try her hardest to make sure that she gave it her all. So they did the trach. He gets put into like assisted living and he's, you know, coming around. He's not sedated any longer. He's off the ventilator, but he's on a trach. And I just remember not even thinking about the book anymore. And I'm just, all right, dad, we Hope you could pull through this. You've been through so much. And long story short, 
you know, my wife and I have it. When 2020 hit, we were supposed to go on our anniversary. Like it was our 10 year anniversary. We we're going to go to Hawaii. Obviously that didn't happen. And so we have four kids and some of you guys can relate with kids. You know, it's tough to get away, you know, on dates. And we were going to do a staycation here in Seattle. And the weekend we did the staycation, I get a call from my mom or text from my mom saying, hey, dad wants to talk to you tomorrow. Can you get on a Google Duo? I didn't even know what a Google Duo was. <laughs> I was like, not a FaceTime? What's going on? What is this? So we get on a Google Duo and my dad pops up on the screen. Dave, no joke. I had to contain my face. Mm. So it's like, wow, he looked like death warmed over. And it saddened me, you know, and I'm just looking at him. But when he smiled is when I saw my dad. I saw my dad and he's mouthing things to me because he has a trach. He can't say anything. <clears throat> and while he's talking, like the nurses are coming in trying to like clean his trach. And you can see the pain and grimace on his face. And just watching it was just so tough. But he told me he loved me like four times. And after we chatted a little bit, I even, my mom had told me that just the night before, he coded. I was like, what? You didn't tell us? I mean, you're now telling us this? He had coded, and they brought him back at six minutes, literally six minutes on the dot. They say, like, when you get past six minutes, brain activity gets affected. And so I remember asking him kind of in a joking way. I'm like, Dad, did you see a bright white light? And he kind of like shook his head, no. But I sensed that he saw something. I can't even explain it to you guys. It was a weird moment. But then he told me he loved me again. He was like, you guys go eat. Love you. I'll pull through. And when he said that, I'm looking at him and I'm seeing the state that he's in. And I'm like, wow, he must know something I don't know. You yeah. know, it looked real grim. Get off the phone with him. And then I get, he talks to my brother. 15 minutes later, I get a text. Hey, pray for dad. He just went into cardiac arrest. Mm. And I'm just like, whoa. We get back to the hotel to check out, get a call. Your father has passed away. Just stunned. Just a weird moment. But the crazy thing with all of this was the fact that my mom said the whole morning, he kept looking at the clock. He kept looking back and forth at the clock. So much so, she was like, Tom, why do you keep looking at the clock? And he said, I just don't want you to leave yet. It felt as if he came back on borrowed time to be able to say bye to us. Wow. And I'm super thankful that I was able to hop on that Google Duo, see my dad one more time and see him tell me he loved me four times. It's still tough today for me to not physically talk to my dad and hear his words say, I'm proud of you, son, for the book. And I know people say, he knows, he's looking down at you, he's happy for you. But it's still not the same when I'm not looking at my dad. But yeah. I dedicated the book to him. And I'm I'm believing that this is going to be such a special, impacting legacy that it's going to come out of this book. 
I, I believe it. I believe it. Let's dive into it because it is a good, good thing. And I do believe it'll be something that from a honoring and legacy perspective, it's going to make a lot of people's lives better, their mm -hmm. faith deeper, their connection to family stronger. So the book is called Building a Family of Faith, yeah. Simple and Fun Devotions to Draw You Close to Each Other and Nearer to God. Uh, I mean, I love the format. It's, uh, it's, it's, you know, an every single day kind of thing where you start with a verse, you ask people to think about it, where you're looking to, you know, with some writing, provoke a little bit of thought yeah. and you get into it. You tell a little story to illustrate what they're meant to actually see, uh, of your story in themselves, then talk about it. You pose a couple of questions to have a dialogue now created inside the family. There's an actual prayer prompt. Let's actually dive into a simple prayer on the topic of the day, and then let's act, which I think is maybe the most profound piece where you're trying to put whatever it is that you were teaching into action. Um, I know I, you know, that was very quick that I went through it, but it, tell me a little bit about the method to this madness so that uh, for anyone who um, maybe is, is interested, hey, how do you create this better faith inside a family? Um, you know, was this something that you guys were already doing inside of your house or something that your parents did with you? Or is this just something that you, um, in coming to try and figure out how to synthesize what your experience was, um, thought this would be the best way to help somebody who's trying to have the same thing happen for them? Yeah, our family was already doing this. And just my wife and I like to just be creative. We just have fun and find out, figure out ways to be able to connect with our family. And it wasn't as clear and clean like this but we were doing these things we were like read a scripture we're um talking about it having conversations open open dialogue um doing we were having a let's act section where we're actually doing interactive things where our family was memorizing a scripture a week and then at the end of the week we were trying to recite it. All of us recite it. And if every one of us recite it, everyone got some candy or a snack or a gift or something. It was just a reward for diligently learning the word because at the end of the day, we want to get the word inside of us. But it's attached to fun. It's attached to seeing Jesus in a beautiful light. And so putting the scripture down, we wanted to, okay, this is the scripture that we're going to be talking about. This is the scripture. This is the centerpiece that we're going to break down from. And then let's think about it. We're going to dive in. Here are some illustrative stories that may connect us to it and make sense and start to bring you in. And then let's get a little bit of meat so you learn what this scripture actually means to you and then talk about it. This is this is one of the coolest things is being able to have open dialogue with your family and talk about it. But I want to give you this much. Do not get discouraged if your kids are just sitting there looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get discouraged. Be patient and be happy that you are setting up a place inviting God in. You're not the savior. You don't have to save your kids. At the end of the day, you're you're preparing the area. You're preparing the place for God to enter and do his thing because you will see over time how God will come in. And I mean, just last week, I had the most 
profound, deep theological conversation about heaven on my way to school, dropping the kids off. <laughs> and it was like out of nowhere <laughs> out of nowhere and maybe not out of nowhere nowhere i mean like you know like you're saying you're setting the table so it actually comes from a place it comes from having patiently planted seeds for a long period of time where now it can sprout in a car ride on the way to school <laughs> right but the point there is is that the kids are listening to you they are hearing you they may not because their attention spans, it all depends on what age. I'm dealing with kids that are nine, seven, six, and two. And, but they are listening and they have inquiring minds. And it's so cool how pure they are and how inquisitive kids are. And they're going to ask you pinpoint questions. And that's why this devotional is set up the way it is. So if you've never done a devotional ever in your life, you can literally walk in, plug and play. It's yep. a template for you. You have the scripture. You could just go through, read, and follow along. So much so at the Let's Pray section, if you've never prayed in your life, I have written out a prayer that you can recite. And my hope in my heart is that it will ignite a drive and a desire for you to want to read your Bible more and want to pray more and grow in that area. Because if you don't know how to pray, if you don't know how to read your Bible, don't worry, I got you. There are literally sections in this book that teaches you how to pray. Very easy. Then there's a section in there, how to read your Bible. So it's for everyone. If you are a seasoned Christian who's a theologian, you're going to get so much out of this because there's such a fun, interactive piece that you can apply to your life and your family's life. And the entire week, you guys could be just talking about what you just read. So good. Simple doesn't mean ineffective. I, I mean, I would tell you, like, it is a very simple framework. It isn't an overwhelmingly long exercise every day for a devotional, but it is wildly, wildly effective in its use of time, the kind of questions that come up, the relatability of the stories that you're telling, all of it so stinking good. And especially <laughs> if you are someone who's maybe a little out of practice or someone who's a little unfamiliar or klutzy when it comes to how to even approach this topic, it is so speak and spell. It's just like paint by number. Andy's yeah. done a lot of the work to help facilitate a really rich conversation, great connection and diving deeper. I cannot recommend it enough. One of the things that uh, I love too is just the idea of like building a family of faith calendar of sorts yeah. with activities that you are intentionally planning out to create the kind of consistency to create the kind of connection and also just, you know, the deeper kind of opportunity for spiritual growth. Some of the things that, uh, that you, that you've, you know, offered to people, whether it's scripture study or the devotional unplugging for a night, mm -hmm. going on a family walk, something that is about kindness to other people, having fun with the family. Talk about just like the importance of, having a calendar that reflects the kind of spiritual health that you'd hope for inside of your family unit. One is the fact that if you see it, that alone makes a big difference. You're looking at your calendar and you're like, okay, you know what? On Friday, Friday is going to be Friday family fun night. We know we're going to do a movie. We're going to go to the dollar store take the kids there and they're going to get their little snacks and they're thinking they're going to a movie theater in home. Super cheap, super fun, but it's there on the calendar and you get to see it. Some people are 
someone that likes to check off lists. When you have it on your calendar, even with the pre-order bonus, there is there was stickers and all kinds of stuff that you can use to put on the calendar. It's just amazing what happens when you just get consistent, you have a calendar and you look back and say, wow, we've done this for seven weeks straight. Yeah. And it's something that you weren't doing prior. Now you have been consistent with hanging out with each other, growing, building this family um, connection, getting closer to each other while drawing nearer to God. But now your family is getting closer knitted to each other. And that's the whole goal. That's the whole goal at the end of the day to give you different avenues of being able to ultimately get closer to each other and draw nearer to God. Yeah, it's so good. I, I sent you a picture the other night. They uh, at the church I go to had Mark Teixeira, baseball oh, yeah. player, stud slugger. He happens to attend the church. And there was a faith in sports night where they had a bunch of different athletes, but it was headlined by Mark. And one of the things that he said was that a man who is intimate with God will never be intimidated by man. Mm. A, a man or woman who's intimate with God will never be intimidated by men or women. Right. Yeah. And I think that there's something interesting in the like, well, why? Like, why, why should this matter? Why, why, you know, and there's, yeah, there, there are people that were born and raised inside of faith. There are people that weren't. Uh, but I will tell you that I can chart pretty easily the times when the worry of the world, the opinions of other people, the <laughs> things that the naysayers may say affecting me and the proximity I had to God or the depth of my faith not having been at a place that would have acted as something of a grounding force or a shield. And so in a world where, man, there is a lot of uncertainty and there is high levels of anxiety and there are bullies in middle school and there are a whole host of things. Part of the conversation I've been having with my kids around the importance of staying connected to faith is this kind of concept that when you're close to God, when you have a faith that is centered on something that is greater than yourself or mm -hmm. the circumstances that you find yourself inside of, they, whatever the they is, don't have the same kind of power as they mm -hmm. would if you didn't have something that you were tethered to. Yeah. I'm going to assume that you have that same kind of sense, and part of the hope that you'd have for people is that with a solid foundation— whatever circumstance shows up, they're going to be able to weather it in a way that they wouldn't be able to if they didn't have this as a central focus in their life. Truly. And I, well, I've had this conversation with my wife multiple times. I just personally don't know how people do it without God in their life. Having a centralized foundation, being tethered to God, I just couldn't do it. And I, it makes sense why it's in an alarming rate of suicide, families breaking up, divorce, people going, losing themselves. I completely understand why that is at an alarming rate because of the, the lack of desire to connect with God and not realizing how powerful having God in your life really is and how impacting it is on your health. <laughs> yep. Just that alone, on your daily health. There, 
Now, coming from the fitness background as a fitness coach, I can tell you right now, if you're trying to lose weight, uh, get in better shape, get leaner, if you have stress in your life, that's going to be extremely tough to do because your cortisol levels are through the roof, your hormones are all over the place, and every single thing that you try to eat turns into sugar. And that sugar converts into fat. And if you're not burning up that sugar or that fat on a daily basis, it just sticks to you and takes away your energy. There's so much that's connected to the lack of having a central piece and something to tether yourself to and having God in your life to help be a cheat sheet to life. That's yeah. what the Bible really is. And God really has your best interest. It's not a finger pointing saying, stop doing that, stop doing this, stop doing this. He wants the best life for you. Well, there's a great verse, James 4, 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Yes. This book, my man, this yeah. is a guide for how to draw nearer to someone who will ultimately also have your back as you do. It's mm. part of what I love about it. If, um, if, Someone is on the fence. They're like, man, I don't know about this building a family of faith business. <laughs> what's what's the pitch? What's the elevator pitch for the person on the fence? Like, how do you how do you convince someone who hasn't had any faith as a part of their story to dip their toe in the water with something that clearly lives inside of the faith space? And uh, you know, they may have some skepticism or some you know some things that maybe have turned them away from faith because of people being involved in church as opposed to God necessarily ordaining all things? You know, that's a great question. And I think the best thing I would say is it's okay to have skepticism. I've, I've been in a situation where I've been hurt by Christians. I've been hurt by the church and I can understand how you would even question it. Just know that this book is coming from a very real, authentic, genuine place, a, a regular person that loves Jesus, who's been through all kinds of pain, have seen hurt and just empathize for families that are broken right now. And if you're in a situation where you're just upset, you're mad, you're depressed, um, you've never seen God in your life, or you didn't think you saw him in your life, and your family's broken and you want a better family connection, Take a look at this book. Just try it and taste and see, you know? Yeah. And I really believe that once you open a book, you'll you'll feel the joy. You'll see the joy. And it's bigger than just forcing someone to draw near to God. I just want to expose you to how amazing God really is. But through families, I want you to see... If you care so much, if you're broken, that you're like, I just want to try something for my family, you have a leg up on everyone else in this world. Let's because go. families have not been exalted. And I want families to be famous. I want families to be famous. I want when kids are growing up, they're striving and wanting to have a family. They want to have a family unit. And I would love to see families smiling, interacting with each other, growing together a tight-knit group and growing closer to Jesus. Having that in your life is going to be so transformational.
You know, Heidi says this thing all the time, usually more about fitness uh, routines or nutrition plans. Uh, Give this a try. And if after a couple of weeks worth of time, it doesn't work, you can go back to what wasn't working before. Because what's because what's going on right now for a lot of families, it ain't working right now. Right, so back. what do you have to lose? You know, it's like it, we've been we've been working through the book ourselves here, and it's it's rad. It's it's such a cool thing because I am interested in a prompt to connect on the things that are living inside of this book and sometimes lack the language to actually do it. And I think you've done a really, really good job of allowing someone who has the appetite to actually execute at a great level because of the way everything sits right in front of you and makes it easy to do. So congrats, man. It's really great. Thank you so much. All right. Before we go, we have to talk about the most enviable thing. I mean, there's a lot that I have to be envious of of you, but the, the thing that I would put at the top of the list is that you work for the Seattle Seahawks in what like might be one of my dream jobs. Will you tell the listener what the heck you do and how the heck you found yourself doing it? Yeah, I am a Seattle Seahawks in-game and social media host. Yes, you are. You're the hype man, though. I Yeah, I definitely bring the energy. I've always been that guy. It's just who I am. I like to bring the energy. And I, it's a, it's a dream. I, I can't say it any other way. It's a dream. And the the way it happened was, you know what, you know, what's so cool about this. I was just being myself on social media. Yeah. Instagram was hacked. I lost everything. Had to start all over on Instagram, jumped on TikTok. And I said, you know what, I'm going to treat TikTok like a TV show. Every single day, no exaggeration, I posted six to nine videos every single day and didn't miss one day for over a year. And even into this day right now, so I've been on TikTok almost two years, I probably missed posting five to six times. And that was only because my account was banned (laughs) because maybe they thought a video was crazy and like doing Superman push-ups or something, whatever, you know, like, like the normal person can't do it, whatever. Anyways, (laughs) um, Blitz, the mascot from Seahawks found me on Instagram, loved my energy. And one thing I also did, I wore a Seahawks hat in every single video. If it wasn't a Seahawks hat, it was from my clothing line, do work fam. So I wanted to make sure you knew I rep Seattle. I yep. rep the Seahawks. And I mean, I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't know in-game host was a thing. All I knew is I was having fun on TikTok doing me. And he reached out to me, asked me if I would love to come out to a training camp. Went to training camp, brought my family out there. It was cool. It was fun. Following like months after the Seahawks Instagrammed me and said, hey, would you like to come out to our influencer media day. Yes, I would. <laughs> sure. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and I got to, it was perfect fit because I got to do combine stuff and I won the vertical jump and all this. But when I got there, they were like, hey, the social media team wants to meet you and talk to you. And I was speaking to the guy and he said, hey, we love your energy, the direction we're going with the Hawks we need something like you. 
And would you be interested in being an in-game host? I didn't know what that was. He explained it to me. And as he's explaining it to me, my wife and I are looking at each other like, wow, he's literally saying who I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. oh my goodness, it evolved. My first, my first like live, I guess, audition. They asked me if I could, you know, take over the Seahawks Instagram story. I did that. And then they asked me if they could, if I could co-host the NFL draft this year which was so special my goodness it was awesome and from that point on it's just been evolving it's been amazing getting in front of seventy thousand people and getting them going is just chilling to say the least so good adrenaline rush that goes through is amazing i i'm already a fan of the hawks um it's been a blessing how the lord has used this and connected me with the staff, people, coaches, president, the players in such a genuine, authentic way. And I'm along for the ride. I'm literally, again, just sitting in a passenger seat of this Tesla that God is driving. You guys can tell I love a Tesla. I won't <laughs> <laughs> but I just literally on, along for the ride. I'm in a passenger seat. And wherever God's taking me, if he tells me to go left, all right, we're going left. And that's how I ended up becoming a Seahawks in-game host. I mean, by the way, if you need proof of God existing, Geno Smith is having yes. a great season. The, yes. the Hawks are winning. I don't want to even bring up Russell Wilson, though I just did. Like, oh, there's gosh. some good things happening in Seattle right now. You are among them. And, uh, man, I, I love that you're getting to do the work that you get to do. I just love that it gives you even more exposure because it's going to let other people come to find the work that you do outside of the sports space, which is uh, as are more important. So I'm and here for it. And the cool thing about it is like, it doesn't matter what space I'm working in, I'm going to still rep Jesus. It don't matter where I'm at, who I'm talking to, I'm not changing who I am on my social media. So thank you, Lord, for opening up the platform. And that's just more exposure to people who need to hear who Jesus is. Here, here. Let's go. I'm here for this all day long. Yeah. All right. Uh, if someone is interested in learning more about you, they want to follow you, they want to buy the book, where do you send people on the internet so that they can get uh, a deeper, more intimate relationship with Andy Dooley? Yes, I'll send you to my website and my social media, and I've made it super, super easy. My website is www.andyl, the letter L, which is Lamar for my middle name. So Andy L Dooley, D-O-O-L-E-Y.com. My Instagram is Andy L Dooley. My TikTok is Andy L Dooley. And now YouTube has just dropped tags where my YouTube, if you want to find me on YouTube, is Andy L Dooley. Super simple. Love to connect with you. Love to hear from you on my social media platform. Super consistent across the board. Andy yeah. L. Dooley. All right. We, uh, we wrap every interview with a single question. You have to think now you're the listener. What does the listener today need to hear from you? Could be inspirational, could be motivational, could be a quote, could be just something that is on your heart, but someone today sitting here, listening to this episode, 
needs to hear something from you, what is that single thing that you're going to leave the listener with today? Give yourself grace. You're doing a great job. The fact that you want to better yourself says a lot about you. And I know some of you moms may feel like you are going through it and you're not doing enough. You are doing a great job. And I just want you to know if you've not heard it, you are loved. You are appreciated. We see you. Keep going. And I want to encourage you to make sure if you have a moment, rest. Get your rest. Push pause. Let understand the kids are going to be fine. <laughs> your husband's going to be fine. Husbands, you're going to be fine. You're going to provide for your families. Just take a moment, breathe, rest, recover, rejuvenate, and know that you're doing a great job and that God truly loves you. We see you. So good. Well, I appreciate you, brother. This is a great conversation. Again, the name of the book, Building a Family of Faith, Simple and Fun Devotions to Draw You Close to Each Other and Nearer to God. It has just come out this past Tuesday. Make sure you grab a copy. It is such a good book. It's so simple and so effective. And uh, man, I, I give you a lot of credit, Andy, for putting something together that's going to really, really help create some deeper connection and proximity to God for families all around this beautiful world of ours. Thank you for being here today, my man. Thank you so much. This was so easy, so fun. It was just conversation with friends. And I'm just thankful and honored that you would have me on. No, I love you, bud. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed this episode. As you did, please take a picture of it. Tag Andy L. Dooley. Tag Mr. Dave Hollis. Tell us something. Tell all your friends. And between now and next week, in Andy's words, give yourself some grace. You're doing great. We'll see you on the next episode of the Rise Together podcast. Hey, y'all, while I am taking a hiatus from social media, I'd still love to stay connected to you on the regular. If you head over to MrDaveHollis.com, I have an opportunity for us to become one-way pen pals. Yep, I'm going to be sending out regular updates, uh, stories, uh, observations, hopefully things that will also make you laugh or think. Uh, and I'd love to be able to do that on the reg. So if you uh, are so inclined, hit MrDaveHollis.com, drop in your email, and buckle on up. I love you all. Thank you for all the continued support. Let's go.